Hey folks, in this interview, I'm speaking with Mark Cruz from Nikon. We're gonna be talking about the brand new Nikon Z9. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, Mark Cruz is on the line from Nikon USA. Yes, that Nikon. And we're gonna be talking about uh, a brand new camera actually the flagship camera of their line, the Z9. I wanna dive into it, not from a you know, brochure, feature specs, fanboy perspective, but more of a, a real guy looking at this camera, considering it, and wondering if the hype is actually reality because there's you know I want to I want to see where the line is in there and uh, Mark is a perfect person to bring that to us. So Mark, welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm great. Ha happy to be here. It is good to have you. It is is good to have you. So you are the senior manager for product for digital cameras and interchangeable lenses at Nikon. What does that mean? Are you are you the guy that says you know what? we need to move that button over there, or you know what, let's make this focal length lens. What, what, what's your purview? <laughs> I have a few uh, roles here, but part of them is adding to that hype that you were talking about there. I <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, work with the marketing department. So as uh, in the DCIL division, that's digital camera interchangeable lens, I touch DSLR as well as our mirrorless portfolio. Um, as a senior manager with the marketing department, I'm kind of responsible for bringing the products from our Nikon Corp uh, Corporation in Japan to our local market here in the USA, um, really understanding the needs of the market, uh, developing the content for our website um, and our uh, and the way we target the audiences. So um, in terms of the product itself, I work with the technical liaison um, with future development and we talk about uh, how certain technologies would be adaptable to certain markets. So it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of technical. It's a little bit of uh, uh, marketing, but uh, a lot of fun because uh, the technology and the fact that I'm a shooter myself, um, so I'm, I'm, I can talk your language, my friend. I, I want to get a good deal, too, on a camera, and I want to make sure that it's getting into the right people's hands. So let's do it. Yeah, you know what? These cameras these days, back in the day, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit in the green room before we started recording. My history is photojournalism. I started in the United States Air Force as a combat photojournalist, and it was all Nikon. Probably still, it was all Nikon, you know, and I remember starting, one of my first cameras was a Nikon F3 uh, with the big motor drive on the bottom, and, you know, I had the, the whole nine yards, my kit with my low pro bag full of lenses and and another bag full of film, and it was, it was just pure happiness. And I remember back then, it was a huge deal. Still, it still is today, but it was a huge deal when when Nikon released a new camera body. You know, kind of like Adobe releasing a new ver version of Photoshop. It was like, oh wow, we have new superpowers. Same with these cameras. Back then, it was it was all around shutter speed, I think, or not shutter speed, uh, frames per second and focusing speed. You know, on the cameras when they got autofocus. So where are we now? So you know, sort of making that leap from an F three you know, manual, ISO, f-stop, shutter speed, all that stuff, focus, everything is manual, to today when basically we have, you know, R2-D2 taking photos <laughs> for us in our pocket. What, you know, what, is it all true? I mean, is the focusing speed that we see on these cameras, uh, the, you know, on your marketing page, I'm sitting on the marketing page now, and those videos, it just looks like 
you know, Arthur C. Clarke borderline magic, the, the, the tracking and the focus, how is it able, how is this Z9 able to do that? Yeah, you know what? Uh, we announced the camera a little over two weeks ago, and it's starting to make the rounds in stores now, and people are starting to get their hands on it and really appreciate it firsthand. You know, from what I can tell you, uh, the, the hype is real. The, the the technology is there now, and what we've been able to do is match and even surpass the performance of our flagship prior to this was our D6 DSLR. Mm -hmm. And for many years, that has been our flagship. Even when we started coming out with mirrorless cameras, our Z system back in 2018, it's not even been three years, uh, but our, our flagship performance of autofocus was always relegated to the DSLR format. It's only now with the Z9 that we've been able to surpass that. And the way we've been doing that is through, well, a couple of things. Uh, there's physical components in the camera, namely the sensor and the processor that can adapt very quickly to rapid change. And there's also uh, development processes when they build the cameras and, and they program it, something called deep learning. And um, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the programming methodology that they're using now. And uh, when you talk about all these fancy things, it's not only just about the autofocusing speed and precision, it's also about subject detection. So, you know, in days past, you would pick a focus point, kind of relegated it to a certain point in the frame, you know, focus, recompose, what have you. Now the autofocus squares can conform to the shape of the subject that it detects. And now this camera with a deep learning uh, design can detect nine different subjects, everything from humans to animals to vehicles. Uh, and not only that, but the precision of the focusing can adapt as quickly and if not faster than a DSLR. And that has to do with something called a stacked sensor and as well as a new processor in here that is probably 10 to 12 times more powerful than our previous uh, highest end mirrorless camera, the Z7 II. So we've really gone leaps and bounds ahead and so much so that we're anointing the Z9 now, the true flagship of the entire Nikon brand. So yeah, we've gone from is... DSLR to Z9. Yeah, which is a lot. I want to I want to talk about that leap too because the yeah I was on the website a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, on NikonUSA.com, looking at the the Z sevens, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, these look pretty amazing, you know. And then now you you guys dropped <laughs> dropped the ace of the Z nine out there. So I want to talk about the delta between those two. Before we do that, let's let's talk about who this camera is for. Again, looking at the site, you know, I'm seeing all different influencers from all different genres, a lot of landscape, sports and action, you know, some wedding up there. Is there a particular avatar that you and product management and product development had in mind when you were kind of sitting and whiteboarding this camera? Was there like, okay, we're going to make this, we're going to make the ultimate birders camera. We're going to make the, the ultimate sports photography camera. Is there an avatar or is it just this is the camera and just aim it at anything that light is bouncing off of and it'll capture it? That's a great question. Typically, historically, our flagship quote unquote camera, whether it be our D2, 3, 4, 5, 6, anything with a single digit number was primarily uh, pointed or catered towards the photojournalist and sports photographer. We put an mm -hmm. emphasis on say low resolution, high frame rate, high ISO performance, uh, because the needs of the sports and photojournalists really were getting it out on the wire quickly and shooting in any situation where ambient light was all they had. Now with the advances in technology, we're at a point where we felt that delivering on ISO was gonna happen anyways. We could now push the, the limit with resolution. Mm 
So, as opposed to our previous flagship that only had, well, I say only, but, uh, you know, 20.9 megapixels, that was the D6, mm-hmm. we have gone with Z7 II resolution. So, the, for those of you familiar with our SLR line, it would be like a D850 resolution of 45.7 megapixels in here. Now, that's very peculiar. It's unusual because we've historically reserved that resolution for commercial photography, landscape photography, something that required that big, uh, I'm not, I was going to say file size, but I want to say resolution. And mm-hmm. usually with resolution comes the price of file size, which is why, uh, you know, maybe wedding photographers or people that take a lot of photos don't necessarily need in terms of file size. The great thing about the Z9 is that we've sort of put a cheat code in here in that we've programmed it with a new compression technology called high efficiency RAW. And we can take RAW files that are smaller than JPEGs now um, and have extremely high frame rates with 45 megapixel images and shoot for very long periods of time. So to answer your question, who is this geared for? Well, primarily our, our photojournalists and sports photographers, people that shoot fast action, high impact, um, images, but it's mm-hmm. also catered towards those people that demand the high resolution, such as commercial photographers, such as landscape photographers, people that don't want to sacrifice that detail and have to buy two separate bodies. Further to that, we are in 2021 and there is such a push right now for hybrid um, content creators that may be, you know, a small production or a one man band that need that professional video quality to it as well we have outfitted this camera with our highest level video specs. Historically, the highest level video camera in our lineup is not necessarily our flagship photo camera. So for instance, when we came out with the D5, I would rather shoot video with a D850. When we came out with a D6, I'd rather shoot video with a Z6. Mm-hmm. Right now with the Z9 or Z9, depending on which part of the world you're from, uh, <laughs> this is our top level video camera, stills camera, and um, but high resolution camera as well. So in terms of frame rates, this is the highest 20 frames per second in RAW or 30 in JPEG with full resolution. We can even achieve frame rates as high as 120 frames per second, which will we can go into all those tech specs. But just in terms of positioning, who is it for? I think um, historically we're, we are targeting photojournalists and sports photographers, but unlike never before, we are with the same camera hitting the commercial photographers because of the beautiful, exquisite quality that we're generating, not only from the sensor, but uh, Z optics that are are, uh, circulating around the largest mount in the industry right now for 35 millimeter format. Wow. Wow. There's a lot there's a lot to unpack there, because one one of the things the unpack to unpack is, like you mentioned, we're moving into 2022, which sounds weird, but we're we're moving into 2022 already. um, And the world is video. Right. Not not all of it, but there's a there's an increasing emphasis on on content creators and photographers and videographers to create video and things that are related to video. So is is this camera and the video capabilities in this camera a direct response to that? You know, that that because traditionally it's been for a lot of camera factors, manufacturers before video started taking off. It was more of let's add video in there, but we're really a stills camera. We're really for stills photographers, but you know, if you want a real video camera, go buy a red or something like that, but we're really stills, but you can do video with us. Are, how, how is Nikon balancing that? 
It's a really good question. <laughs> so, uh, oh, bless you. <laughs> so you. we we'll actually, Nikon, <laughs> Nikon was actually the first one in, I think, 2008 to come out with a DSLR that shot video. It was the first hybrid camera. That was the D90. And uh, from that point on, the idea of shooting DSLRs uh, for video was very attractive, specifically because of the full frame. Typically, you'd be shooting with Super 35 formats, which would give you a smaller sensor. Um, but it was very unusual to shoot with 35 millimeter because it gave you a shallower depth of field that people weren't accustomed to seeing. So for the aesthetic, um, as well as the low price point and small form factor, DSLR video became very, very attractive. Mm -hmm. Moving into mirrorless now, it becomes even more attractive because of the level of autofocus um, precision. Uh, the new lenses now generate much, well, the Z-Line Z Z generates very minimal focus breathing, which is great for uh, people that are doing high-end video. And as well, um, the optics are much more silent. So in terms of the, the, the user base, the content creators now, uh, they can be uh, sort of a, uh, a small production that has very high output. And we are really producing here, you know, professional level video um, around this format. And we're able to deliver on specifications that are groundbreaking, such as 8K video. Now, 8K video um, has been introduced in this 35 millimeter stills format camera for, for a few months now. We're not the first to the party, but what's groundbreaking with this camera is the length of time we're able to record 8K video, which makes it very, very practical. So in this day and age, as you mentioned, we're entering 2022, 8K video presents a lot of opportunities for people because number one, if you're producing a 4K timeline and you are say a one man band, uh, if I were shooting say with one camera and I wanted to punch in, I can do so and still maintain the resolution that would allow me to produce a 4K timeline. Mm -hmm. um, I can even export stills out of an 8K video at approximately 33 megapixels. That would be almost the same resolution of a D800 taking stills and get um, very high quality for the stills. Um, but what's practical about the Z9 is because we've, we've designed, I happen to have one right here, we, we made the intentional design to go with a full body, meaning to say an integrated vertical grip, and the battery that we're using now is much larger than say our Z7 II. We're able to record for over two hours. And not only that, but the heat dissipation is so good in this camera that it will sustain the 8K, which is very processor intensive, very heavy in heat generation for a legit two hours. So I think um, in terms of um, production goes, it is opening up new doors for content. It will open new doors when it comes out on the market for content creators because of their options of shooting not only high resolution 8K, but also uh, high frame rate 4K. And this can now do 120 frames per second at 4K. So we've never had a camera in our lineup that can even approach uh, 4K 60, you know, with, with, with full frame, you know, some of our cameras had to have a crop. Now we have full pixel readout in many of these resolutions. So the specs are, are, are going to come out there, but there is a lot that this camera can do, including things that people are going to love in the future. We are going to come out with a built-in raw capability without the use of an external recorder. So all of that can go right to the uh, CF Express card and the camera. So I think in terms of your question, content creators, um, looking for a solution where you can do stills, but also high-end video and have one body to do it all. 
this is a very viable format. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you, you mentioned the CF Express card. I was wondering, as you're mentioning that two hours of, I'm guessing two hours of continuous video that's not broken into 15 minute or 20 minute segments. It's all one beautiful file that you can take off the memory card. That's correct. Yes. So uh, we are now writing to H.265 files. Um, there's several different formats you can record here. But in answer to your question, yes, you can record a continuous two hour, uh, up to two hour, five minutes files. Um, and we can do that in, uh, in uh, several various formats uh, in H.265, but including built in uh, ProRes uh, 422HQ. So we can do that all in camera. In camera. Um, Pro in camera. ProRes 422, yes. Okay. So we can do that up to 4K in the camera. And then um, later on with a firmware update, we're going to unlock some features in the camera. And that's coming out in 2022 when we'll be able to shoot internal, uh, internal uh, RAW into wow. the camera as well. Yep. Wow. Um, all right, I need that camera. The camera that you have right there, I need you to box that up and send it over to yes. me as soon as possible. <laughs> Look at him, teasing. We've so, been waiting for this for a long time, trust oh, me. Uh, we here at Nikon, we're, we're wanting for a flagship. I've been doing, you know, I remember doing these interviews about a year ago when we came out with our second versions of Z62 and Z72. And it was then people were starting to ask for the flagship camera because they could see where the direction of this was going. And I'm glad the day's here. And what do what you just back to the cards again? Are there you mentioned CF Express cards will will fit in there? Any any special sauce cards you know or or yeah. read write speeds required for that body? If you go to Nikon USA and you go to the Z9 page, there is a more uh, I think it's a more tab, and then you can go to a support, and we actually list all of the approved memory cards for this, not just CF Express, but XQD. Uh, there are several different brands right now, so I would um, I would direct you to there. You can go right to the product page and find that out. You know, Mark, one of, one of the things about Nikon that, that I think, you know, in, in many of the, the, the leading camera bands, but camera brands, but it's in particular Nikon that people kind of wave the flag about is the the robustness and the rugged ruggedness of the bodies. In fact, I, I dropped a Nikon F3 camera out of a helicopter at eucalyptus tree height and the lens came off and needed repair, but the body was fine, right? So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a camera. That it, when, I, when I was shooting Nikon, I felt like these are cameras that I can, I don't have to baby. Now, when, I, when you fast forward to the Z9 and people are making a purchase decision about the Z9, um, with all this technology packed inside of this thing, am I going to have to, you know, baby it? Or is it going to be just as rugged as the old FM2s and the F3s? You know, uh, one of the things that our engineers pay a lot of attention to, and we've been known for this, just like you've said, we have a reputation of the uh, cameras being built like tanks, is mm -hmm. the weather ceiling. Um, yeah. Now with the new Z-Series, they've actually upped their standards, actually, uh, both in the lenses and in the body. So in terms of the weather ceiling and the robustness, it is pro level. It is the same grade as we would say as, as a D6. And yeah. so that has been our, our flagship in terms of build quality, weather sealing, um, and the Z9 is at that same level. So uh, in terms of you know the, the abuse that you can do to the camera, this is at the top grades that we've ever had for cameras. And it is it's it all comes around a magnesium alloy chassis, which provides a good balance of 
rigidity, but um, but weight as well. You know, we could use heavier metals if we wanted to, but then it would be too heavy. So it's the perfect balance of rigidity and uh, and lightweightness that will give us that uh, you know practical usage that we that we do. But I think uh, I think everybody that holds an icon camera is is generally pleased with it i i think there have been some websites out there that have actually taken apart z6s and z72s and looked at every point where there could be a weather sealing and found weather sealing on it so even even our cameras from the z6 and z7 series have extremely uh, robust weather sealing so i feel very confident taking it out into the elements actually if you go to our youtube channel you'll see some uh, a testimony to that as well um, as to the weather ceiling. Yeah. And I know that that kind of brings me around to Nikon professional services. So the folks that, you know, they're kind of standing by in case something goes sideways on one of your photography missions, what does that look like? You know, it's not directly related to the, to the Z9, but if someone was to purchase a Z9 and take it on an adventure to Madagascar or something and something goes sideways and the camera gets damaged or otherwise is inoperable, what's the flow for that person that's away from home, they got their camera, they're on a paid shoot and they need to get this thing done and something happened. What's what's that NPS flow? Yeah, yeah, well, first of all, I would encourage everyone going on those once in a lifetime places, always have a backup body with you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to our Nikon professional services in Nikon USA, we have a program as we as we do generally all around the world with our different uh, installations all across the world. Every region treats it a little bit differently, but we try to coordinate with other regions to provide support for our members. In in the US, for example, we have our own membership list that we manage, that we support, that we take care of in terms of uh, gear loans. Um, and I would encourage people that are in the US right now to go on NikonUSA.com. We actually have um, a, a new kind of tiered service in there that provides uh, different, uh, different caterings of service for the professional. But really, it is to meet the demands of professionals in terms of expedited repairs, um, loan gear when necessary, um, as well as support from a technical perspective. Uh, so we, that's what we aim to do with Nikon Professional Services because for the longest time, as you said, you know, even when you were uh, shooting with the F3, we have uh, such a dedicated and robust user base that uses this for many, many years. And uh, I know that in Nikon Japan, they have put a priority on addressing the needs of the professional, not only from the pr product development side, I mean, in actually committing to creating a camera like the D Z9, but also from the service perspective. So uh, in answer to your question, you know, if you were in some place that, you know, uh, you were away from home, reach out to your local Nikon um, uh, installation out there, uh, mention that you're an NPS member, and we'll do our best to take care of you. That's the, the beauty of our network of Nikon um, subsidiaries across the world is that all of them generally do have an NPS outfit. Yeah, yeah, and it's important. I mean, it, it, you know, Murphy Murphy travels in your camera bag when you <laughs> when you don't have any other options, and he, he you know tends to make things go sideways for you. You know, if you're if you're not prepared. But like you said, you know, always have a backup. That's military thinking right there, or just professional thinking. Always have a backup camera with you, especially if you're going to parts unknown um here's since i have you on the hot seat mark i gotta and you i'm assuming you have some influence with product development and how these these things get built here's a question um these cameras these topping cameras especially this one the the z or z9 um connectivity 
Are we, obviously I know you can't talk about unreleased features and all that stuff, and I know this camera has Wi-Fi connectivity built into it, but what about cellular technology? What about if I, in the future, if I say, you know, I would love to be able to, given the correct coverage, 5G or whatever, it'd be great if I could not use my cell phone and just shoot directly to a virtual SD card or, or compact flash card somewhere. Is that in the future or do you, does, does Nikon think that's a, that's a viable workflow? Well, <laughs> um, I'll t we're always, uh, as part of my role, we are always taking feedback from the field and um, yeah. it's part of my role to really deliver those to the engineers. So we in Nikon USA uh, endeavor to provide, um, you know, year, several times a year feedback and we work hard with the engineering department to determine um, what is the needs of the community going forward? And we do our best to try to forecast that. What's exciting about it now is when you talk about cellular technology, we have uh, a new compatibility with our cameras um, with cell phones called NX Mobile Air. And what that is, it's a free app. Um, and it's, there's also a subscription service to unlock uh, unlimited um, uploads to your phone. But through a USB-C cable, you can basically transfer your images from your memory card to your phone and transfer those to an FTP site uh, either by either by Wi-Fi of your phone or through your cellular service of your phone which is for people that are shooting in the field and need to get that to an editor mm -hmm. on the wire and not having to be relegated to the local Wi-Fi network of, a, of wherever you are or being out in the field you can do that through your cellular service so um, that is a, an app that we released um, recently, and um, that'll be compatible with the Z9 as well when it comes out. So the technology is here in terms of connectivity, uh, not just directly from the camera to your computer, to your smart device, um, but also through your phone to the web to wherever you want that FTP server to be. So um, I think you're you're speculating on more direct from the camera, having a built-in cellular service within the camera. Yeah, to the web. I want Mark. I want my iPad in my camera, right? I want an app store. Right. I want you know. I want to be able to FTP directly from the camera. I want if I decide, hey, I want to shoot like Joe McNally. I want to be able to download a Joe McNally app. That's going to make my photography as good as Joe McNally's. I want the, that's what I want. I want a Nikon app store. That's what I want. So can we have that well, next yeah, year? I, I tell you, we're, we're listening to the market. But, I, uh, you know, it reminds me of a camera that we brought out uh, several years ago. It was actually a Coolpix camera that had an Android operating system in it. So it's not unheard of us to go off script from our, our typical operating system and incorporate the new technologies. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's definitely something that we're looking at, especially with the speed that people need their images and videos uh, to get to their ultimate destination. We're making big inroads in there. So keep looking at our channels um, because we've even announced something for our NPS members that um, something called uh, NX Field and uh, it can connect multiple cameras. And the key thing here is the FTP client and, yeah. um, and, and putting it to FTP servers. So check that out. We can actually connect multiple cameras to an iPad, trigger them with an iPad, and um, send them through hardwire uh, LAN cables or even Wi-Fi to an FTP server. So we have some actually pretty robust solutions for our professional community um, right now for uh, under NPS. That's fantastic. Lots of cool stuff. Um, 
you know, I know we're gonna we gotta put the landing gear down here in just a second. It's a couple more questions for you. You know, looking at the the sort of lineup that's that that is coming out with the with the Z9, what are what are the are there any plans to have upgrades to you know lenses that are going to go out that are specifically tailored to work with the with the Z9? Obviously, it's going to be backwards compatible, but you know as we push technology forward, what does that look like? And then on the the strobe side, on the this, the speed light side of the the world, are there any innovations happening over there that make use of the capabilities inside of the Z9? Yeah, you know, we just released a press release saying that we are developing relationships with uh, Nissan as well as Profoto to have uh, full compatibilities of their flashes with our Z9. So going forward, you're going to see a lot more uh, pairings and uh, collaboration with uh, Nikon and third-party flash manufacturers. So we're excited about that going forward. I can tell you about that. We just, um, you can go to our website, uh, NikonUSA.com and read our press release on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we've just re released that recently um, in terms of lenses and optics. Uh, usually I would be a boring guy to talk to in terms of that because our canned line is always, well, we don't comment on future product. But in 2021, we've really changed the script. We've actually released a roadmap of the lenses that are coming out in the future that we've committed to um, on our website. You can find it on there um, and it details, you know, the focal length, not necessarily specific apertures, but the focal length of lenses that are going to be coming out within the next um, two years. So, uh, and uh, one of them that I'll tell you that we, we, we do roadmaps now with a silhouette of the lens that shows you the certain focal lengths that are coming out. For example, we had a, a 24 to 120, you know, just came out that we announced at the same time, and as well as a 100 to 400 um, that we came out with for the Z9. But I think what you're getting at is some of the more high-end sports mm -hmm. photographers' lenses out there. We did do a development announcement at the same time as the announcement of the Z9 call for the, uh, sorry, 400 millimeter 2.8 TCVRS. So this lens will have a built-in teleconverter. It'll be a 400 millimeter lens f2.8 with a native Z mount. So it is not a adapted from an F mount lens. This will give the sports photographer that key lens. It's kind of a staple lens. This is why it's the first um, super telephoto that we're coming out with uh, to complement the vast array of lenses that we already have for the Z mount. We have the trinity of uh, 2.8 lenses, you know, the 14 to 24, 24 to 70, and 70 to 200. We have a couple of lenses that can reach 400, the 100 to 400, as well as the 70 to 200 with the two times teleconverter, but both those combinations really max out at 5.6. We're going to give you 2.8, as well as a built-in teleconverter all in one, and that's coming out um, soon. We did a development announcement on that, so that will tailor perfectly with the Z9 customer uh, because that seems to me a staple lens for people shooting on big fields like football, soccer, baseball, and they need that reach, they need that intensity, they need the, the framing that the 400 millimeter provides and the accuracy of that focus. That'll be a very exciting announcement to come out very shortly. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to, yeah, you guys are, you guys are busy over there. What does, what does the, the mobile space does that does that keep Nikon up at night? You know the the fact that you know companies like Apple are releasing phones like the you know the the 13 Pro Max with cinema this and 
focus that and you know and pro rev you know all this stuff they're cramming into this consumer relatively speaking consumer grade phone what does that look like from a from a nikon flagship big brand we drive images and we make the best of the best does it keep you up at night or is it complimentary how do you feel about that I think it's actually clarified our, where our focus should be. And uh, for many, many years, uh, you know, maybe like 10, 12 years ago, we had a lot of compact point and shoot cameras. So as that market has shrunk, we've directed our focus and our efforts and our research and development into the higher end cameras. So if you look at our portfolio of Z products, it really starts at the $1,000 level with the Z50. And so we're targeting a more sophisticated customer. Um, we obviously can appreciate that a lot of people appreciate photography now, and it's actually been really good in the respect that, you know, I myself have an 11 Pro Max here, and uh, that because of people's, you know, insatiable need for imagery, they can actually appreciate and talk the language of photography a little bit better now uh, from a layman's perspective than say 10 years ago. And in doing so, I think it makes them more adapt into looking at products such as a Z50 or a Z6 or Z7 as something that is in their future because they want to advance their imaging and they can appreciate say a 1.4 or 1.8 lens or a 2.8 lens and the depth of field characteristics that brings. They can appreciate uh, the artistry that a mirrorless or a DSLR camera can bring. So if you say, it, does it keep me up at night? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely shrunk our point and shoot market, but that was not necessarily a bad thing because our portfolio was so broad range. Now you, I'm primarily focused on our digital camera interchangeable lens division, which is our fastest growing division. Um, and not only that, but um, in 2021, what used to be more of a niche that was the full frame market is now the fastest growing market. So I can spend my time looking at, you know, Z7 II customers, Z9 customers, and be really excited because the language that they speak is far more advanced language now, thanks to the phones and people's need to get imagery out there. So um, it's, it's great problem solving and it's great ways to find collaboration and how we can make our products talk with the cameras, but also elevate everybody's uh, appreciation for imagery. Nikon at, at its heart is an imaging company. We're started off as an optics company. And, uh, you know, we're not making, you know, just widgets and chips and, and things out there. We're really passionate about the photographer and the image content creator. So when, you know, new technologies come out, we're just as excited. And we believe that our products can be complementary to that. And it also forces us to step up our game and uh, see how we can improve uh, the imaging experience for everybody. And, and as our sort of our semi tagline for the Z9, it's creating a brand new image making experience. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, we talk about it on the show a lot. I, I'm a fan of the word and and not or, right? Because you, you don't have to not like shooting with a phone and, and, and for fear of not being able to shoot with, you know, a quote, proper camera, you know, an interchangeable lens, mirrorless camera, you can, you can do both and it can be situational. What, it, you know, looking at the, the Z line, you were, you were mentioning the Z, the Z line from the Z6, the Z7, Z7 II, and now the Z9. Put those in buckets for me in terms of purchasing decision. Is the purchase decision is the is that knob basically tied to price? Uh, you know, I'm going to get as much camera as I can afford, and oh, I can only afford that one, so I'm going to get that one. Or is it some other metric that you're looking at? Like who who is buying which one of these cameras? 
Uh, that's a great question. You know, I was just into Best Buy recently and I looked at a GoPro there and I, it was yeah. really easy. Eight, nine, ten. Which one do, can you afford? <laughs> exactly. And uh, and uh, now when you look at our, our lineup, you know, uh, we have, I'm going to speak, speak strictly for the Z format because we, we still have DSLRs out there. But um, strictly for the Z format, I think um, price does play a factor for people. Um, and it used to be that uh, full frame presented much larger, uh, much larger bodies because you'd have to have a bigger prism. Mm -hmm. You'd have to have a bigger mirror, and that would uh, steer people's choices. But with mirrorless right now, if you look at all our bodies from the Z5 to the Z7 II, they're the exact same footprint. Like you wouldn't be able to tell if you were blindfolded which one was which. So in terms of what to get, typically when we came out with the Z6 and Z7, um, you look at the resolution. So the Z in our lineup, the Z7 and the Z7 II, the second version of it, um, is really catered towards those people that would appreciate higher resolution, 45 megapixels. Whereas the Z6 and Z6 II, they're an, uh, more of an all-around performer because of the lower resolution at 24 megapixels. It produces a higher ISO at 51,000 ISO. So I think the the diversity and you know appreciating low light situations um might be geared more a little bit more towards the z6 whereas people that are craving that high resolution uh would gravitate more towards the z7 maybe also for frame rates there's an advantage with the z6 series because of the smaller file sizes you can get achieve faster frame rates a little bit you can get achieve 14 frames per second i believe 10 frames per second on the Z7 series. So there are those things to consider. For the Z5, it's kind of towards the entry level full frame customer uh, that wants, um, say like a D7, think about it as a D750 customer, uh, mm -hmm. getting that quality inside of a mirrorless format. Now we also have two DX format cameras, and those are around, uh, let's just say $1,000, give or take, um, for the Z50. And those, again, are really catered towards people that appreciate the smaller, more compact format. And as I said, the bodies are, you know, very generally much the same, but we can also make smaller lenses for the Z format with, despite being the same mount size. Um, and we also have a very unique offering that we just recently released a couple of months ago, and that is the ZFC. And it's styled after, uh, I believe, the Nikon FM style. And, um, and it has a retro feel, tactile dials that you turn for the ISO, the shutter speed. Um, so it's a really slowed down workflow, but yeah. it's really kind of that, uh, I'll say it, hipster type of camera um, where you have that uh, engagement with the camera. It's not all about speed. It's really about the moment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's something that I think people really appreciated with their old Nikon film cameras is that they were a little bit more sunk into into each click. It wasn't so much about 14 frames per second. It was about that one moment and connecting with the environment around you. So we have some unique offerings, but, um, and then when you come to the Z9, yeah, price point does make a difference. It is uh, the highest price point out there, but it is very attractive because it's much cheaper than say our D6 even. So I think that's one of the reasons it has such a buzz on the internet right now, because at 5,500 or 40, $54.99, um, this is breaking grounds for a flagship camera. So um, yeah, it, it kind of goes linearly in, in terms of price from Z50, Z5, Z6, Z7, now Z9. 
Um, but uh, in, ter in terms of the Z5 and Z6, you're really looking at the differences between, I, I would say a, a more a video centric customer is picking up Z6 II, um, and then maybe more uh, entry level photo guy is picking up Z5 and then more higher end uh, commercial photographer uh, that wants that high resolution picking up Z7. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like where they lie. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, and, and again, it's going to depend on you. Obviously, the budget is going to be the main driver, but the, also the genre that you're shooting. And, you know, are you professional? Are you just dipping toe in the water? You know, and you, you, you know, if, if you jump in, my, my logic is if you jump into a brand like Nikon and get what you can afford, the best thing that you can afford that suits the genre that you're shooting um, and you fall in love with it, then you upgrade and get the next camera and that that current camera becomes your backup camera. So when you're in Madagascar and something breaks, you still, you know, you're still covered and you can still all use the lenses interchangeably and all that. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Um, I have a friend, a, a friend of mine who's also he's a Nikon shooter. Uh, he was going to try to join us for this interview. His birthday is today, so he couldn't join us. His name's Troy Miller. Happy birthday, Troy. Um, but he sent me a couple questions to, to ask you from, from, he's a, he's a, I think 30 year wedding shooter, uh, shooting Nikon the entire time. So he has questions and he's an owner of the, the Z slash Z two, I believe, uh, six two. Um, but he, uh, he says, will we ever see an electronic shutter that can sync a flash at any shutter speed without having to use high speed sync? Right. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I'm trying to uh, ascertain the technologi technological limitations myself, actually. Um, at present, the great exciting part is that uh, we can do that right now on the Z9. So the big technological advancement of the Z9 is that the sensor readout speed is so fast that um, it's really the first of its kind to dispense of the mechanical shutter altogether. Yeah. So the sync speed for it, we can reach up to one two hundredth of a second right now. You know, uh, I, I can't predict the future, but I think that they could come um, really just as a fan of photography myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I have nothing really definitive to answer in terms of is it coming or not, like I sure. have with, with some other questions. But uh, I, I can see why he would want ask that question, because from, from a high speed sync perspective, it does deplete the power um, when you're forcing your, your strobes to kind of strobe like that. So, um, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we, we are working more with third-party flash manufacturers uh, going forward and, and partnering with them and making them uh, talk to our cameras better. Uh, but um, I can see why he, he asked the question. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for it as well. But right now, our maximum flash speed is 1 200th of a second for the Z9. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the other question from him was, um, he said, a real world application, like at a wedding, how does the Z9 compare acquiring focus in soft light against the D5? Hmm. Um, it, it sounds odd coming from me because I'm the marketing guy, but I, there, we, have, um, we have an ambassador um, out in Philadelphia and he's a wedding photographer. Uh, his name's Cliff Mountner. And um, 
You're going to be hearing from him soon because he's uh, taking it in wedding situations. And what we've uh, improved now in the camera, it's funny because when we first came out with the Z-Series, our AF detection was, I think it was around negative one. And then we improved that by negative two when we came out with a firmware update. Now the Z9 is up to negative 6.5 EV uh, of AF detection range. So bottom line, it can focus in really low light. Now we have also, we have a mode called starlight mode in the Z9 that will bring that down to negative 8.5 EV. So I think, and there are some videos already out on YouTube right now where people are basically showing the camera detect a silhouette, a backlit silhouette, and it's detecting faces on there. So uh, it, it is actually producing focus um, even in darker situations than you can naturally see. And I think we are at a point now where if you are familiar with the performance of DSLRs in low light situations, you're going to see that we are meeting or in some cases exceeding the, the DSLRs, especially when we turn on that uh, starlight mode. It's, it's called low light AF in some of our other cameras, but now we've never reached negative 8.5 EV and we've done that on the Z9. So. Mm. Um, I think if the question was about the Z9, right? Yeah. So the Z9 yeah. is is our top focusing for low light, negative 6.5 EV. And then when you turn on starlight, negative 8.5. So that's going to be a game changer for wedding photographers. Yeah, that sounds like it can take a picture of a black cat in a closet with no lights on, right? And get a yeah, sharp, I, sharp focus. <laughs> Devin, you know, but you know what? I, I haven't tried it in those situations. I have seen uh, my colleagues shoot black pet and detecting the eye, which seemed very bizarre to me. So yeah. um, it, it, it's there. I think you're, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. If you can walk into a store, try it out in those low light situations, I think you're, it's going to meet your expectation. So just from a spec perspective, that's what I can tell you from an actual perspective. You're going to see the, the testimonies come out soon, but you don't have to wait long because this is going to be out in stores soon. You can try it for yourself. And that's, a, that's my final question. Thank you for the perfect segue. When can photographers get their hands and, you know, get their hands on it and play with it and go check it out in camera stores? And then B, how much? What's the price point of this thing? Yeah, so uh, we're committed till the end of the calendar year to bring this out at some point in December. And uh, the response has been tremendous. Actually, it surpassed our expectations. So it, it brought a Good. tear to my eye because <laughs> uh, we've been working on this project for so long and we really were trying to meet the meet the expectations of the customers. Now, uh, price point um, for the body, it is $54.99. And that's found, you can see all that on our website right there. Uh, Nikon USA. So that's in US dollars, $54.99 for the body. And that's really breaking grounds for this level of camera at that price point. Um, that's that's why it's created such a buzz. So um, uh, you can start uh, pre-ordering now. Um, the retailers are taking pre-orders and we will start shipping this calendar year. So we're at November, mid-November right now. You're going to see it real soon. Love it. Love it. And just for folks that may be curious, $54.99, there is a comma in there and the decimal point goes after that last nine. So it's not, it's not 54 or 55 bucks. Um, All right. <laughs> so, oh, uh, well, perfect. This is a perfect interview. Thank you for sitting down um, to, to chat with me. This is, this is, you know, 
one of those interviews that I have a list of questions that I need to get to that I wanted to get to or a different different meandering directions we could go in. I wanted to keep this high level so we kind of, you know, get some surface level information out there to the people. If people want to dive deeper, though, beyond this interview, obviously they can go to Nikon USA. Um, dot com and, and check out all the, the information and the press releases there. But any other resources you want to throw out there for people that just want to kind of do the matrix and plug in and absorb all there is to know about this camera? Hey, yeah. You know what? Also check out the Nikon USA. I'm not just saying this because I'm the Nikon USA guy, but honestly, we put in so much content. It was a tsunami of content on launch day. Nikon USA YouTube channel. Um, and I promise you, you will you, you can you spend hours on there watching behind-the-scenes testimonials, end-result videos, um, technical information like product tours, and uh, we even did a 40-minute introduction launch video that's actually available on there, so you can relive the entire launch day as it happened um, mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel. So a lot of great content, as well as our product page on Icon USA. We worked on that really hard to deliver relevant um, technical information and really a lot of pretty content as well. So please check that out. Um, you'll 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 uh, fill yourself up for hours and hours. Yeah, you was diving into some of those videos. It's very, very inspirational. And just to kind of live vicariously through some of your amazing ambassadors, those guys know what they're doing. And, and women, they just, you know, amazing photographers yeah. across the board and they're using amazing gear. So from a photographer standpoint, that's just, you know, <laughs> it should be illegal to sit down there. <laughs> I wanted to say we actually uh, have 8K content on there now, too. So check oh, out the really? 8K content if you have uh, monitors that can support that. We actually have 8K content on our YouTube channel now. Awesome. Very cool. All right. I won't ask. I know you can't answer the question because I have on my list. What's next? What what is what's what are the guys in white lab coats in, in Tokyo or Japan working on right now that we're going to we're not going to see until next year? I guess we'll just have to wait. So we'll get this. Check thing out our hands. roadmap. We have a roadmap so you can check out for the lenses, lenses, though, not the there. bodies. Yes. Right. The lenses. No. Yeah. For the lenses. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, Mark Cruz, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Congratulations on this new camera that's coming out. Best of luck to it and you. And hopefully you'll come on again. Once, when that thing is out in the wild and people have, are putting it through its paces beyond the ambassadors and those folks, when normal carbon-based life forms have it, I'd love to have you back on to you know, have a conversation about how the market has received it. Anytime. This was a pleasure. Thank you very much. I uh, really enjoyed talking to you. So uh, I'll be happy to come back. Thanks. Excellent. Excellent. All right. You have a good rest of your day, sir. And uh, we'll talk soon. This is Twitter.